This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we start today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hello Mads, how was your weekend? It's currently a Sunday night. It is a Sunday night. Um, My weekend's been lovely, thank you. I got into bed, I... I got into bed (laughs) yesterday on Saturday. I woke up, went to the gym, came home, had a shower and got back into bed for the entire day. Wow. I actually saw your Be Real. Yeah. If everyone's on to Be Real, it's a new social media. I do feel real. a bit of a loser. I saw your thing and it was like you in bed reading a book. I was so jealous. Yeah, but it was like 7 p.m. Like everyone, I was like scrolling through and everyone was out on their Saturday night and I was like, oh, should I just not post one today? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to publicize the fact I'm resting. No, I really liked it. I was like, oh, I want to get into bed now. <laughs> How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. I actually have a story for you. Um, I caught up with a friend on the weekend, uh, a mutual friend of ours, and I thought I'd share an investing story that she actually came to me with. Love it. Bit of a premise for this story. Um, She's a long-time listener, started investing because of the podcast, very enthusiastic about (laughs) investing these days. Like I get like one-minute audio notes from her about her investment decisions, which I love. It fills my heart. Like it actually really makes me feel happy. And it's so funny when she audios, she always starts with like, I know you probably don't really care about this, but I'm going to message you anyway. (laughs) I care. There's, I've got. We've got a whole podcast about this. I wish she would send them to me. (laughs) She actually will. She's the type. Let's make a group chat. (laughs) So anyway, she was telling me that she went into the office the other day and. a guy that she works with like was obviously reading the paper in the morning and was like, oh, you know, the ASX is down 20% or whatever the number was. <laughs> and she was like, yay, woohoo. <laughs> and he's like, that, no, that's not good. Like it's down. She's like, no, 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 everything's on sale. It's really good. And he's like, no, like it's down. Inflation's coming, interest rates are rising. Like this is a bad thing. This is a bad thing. And she's like, oh my God, this guy was like so excited about fear mongering. She's like, well, actually, no, like it's a great time. The other day I bought two shares. I bought REA Group and I bought Woolworths. Oh, go girl. I know, go girl. And he's like, well, did you know that those shares will probably keep going down? And she's like, okay, now this guy's just obviously trying to like put me in a box and tell me that I'm like some stupid kid that doesn't know how to invest, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, actually, no, I've done research over the past three months. And like, I know that people need their shop, like supermarket shops, even with inflation and REA groups at the lowest point it's been in a couple of years and blah, blah, blah. Like she went on this whole like tangent. So good. I'm (laughs) so impressed. I know. And then she messages me the other day and she was like, look at REA group and it's like completely like spiked back up <laughs> and she's like I don't want to brag or anything but I think I bought at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> that is gold I know so I was just like I feel like that was a good good story to share I love it love, very heartwarming love an investing story. if you have an investing story you want to share with us 
But that's just like how good that she feels informed and she knows what she's doing. And yeah, that was the best thing. She was like, she said to him, she's like, research, research, research. I've been told you got to research your stocks and that's what I'm doing. (laughs) And you know who I'm talking about. We got some energy in the room with this one. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely love it. But it's true though. I feel like it's good if you do your own research, you can go back and just tell people. Absolutely. Go away in the nice, nice words. Well, speaking of research... (laughs) I came across an article last week by ARK Invest, who is headed up by the one and only Kathy Wood, and I sent it to you because the headline was very eye-catching. It was, ARK's expected value for Tesla in 2026 is $4,600 per share. That is great. Well, the reason why it really caught my eye is because I happen to be aware that the current share price for Tesla is $700. So I think it's a good idea today if we did an episode on the bull and bear case for Tesla. And I know that Elon Musk has, you know, been in the news a lot and we speak about Elon Musk a lot, but I feel like this is a really topical conversation because Tesla has been super volatile, the stock price, and like a lot of people are talking about it. So should we jump into like what the article says? Let's do it. So there are a couple of sort of key assumptions that the article sort of runs through at the headline. And it sort of talks about how they built up this idea that Tesla could be worth so much. Now, there's some of the key assumptions like numbers of cars sold, what price they're sold at. But I think probably the most important one um, that is really pivotal to this is the launch of robo taxis somewhere between 2022 and 2030. Yeah, so if you don't know what the robo taxi is, which Fair I <laughs> I actually hadn't I hadn't heard about no. it, it was just interesting. But um, pretty much it's just like a Uber service, but it's autonomous. So autonomous driving, i.e. no driver. No driver. So you have like a system of cars that come and pick you up just like an Uber would. And the big part of this article is that they're going to have this up and running. So if it's not up and running at all, it's kind of like, where does the valuation sit? Yes, which we will get into. But it, I mean, they're saying that this whole industry is estimated to be worth 11 to $12 trillion, which I mean, really quite an exciting sort of, I guess, insight into the future. I, I would be so scared getting into a car with no driver run, but like who, like where, how, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how? Yeah, it's safer. Yeah. But, I mean, once they're up and running, it will be because it removes human error. No, I know. I just like, I just wish I could be a visionary that sees this stuff. Yeah. And I can, I get the premise of it, but I'm like, how? I'm kind of sad about it. I like driving. I don't like driving at all, so I'm I'm happy about it if it happens. Okay, fair enough. But you can remember, <laughs> yeah, you like driving. One time, Maddie drove me to the airport for no reason. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> no, I was being a supportive friend. You were. <laughs> okay, so let's frame this then. Let's look at the bull case first, which is the positive side of Tesla, and then we'll jump into the bear case afterwards and kind of dissect it a little bit. And let's bring in some of the points from the article and also some of the points from our own research. All right, so let's talk about then first the bull case for Tesla. What's one of the things that you think is going to make this company propel into the future based off industry research? <laughs> I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is its powerful brands. Like mm. Tesla is so well known and yet they have never spent a dollar on marketing, Insane. which is just wild. Well, Elon Musk kind of is their yeah. marketing technique. <laughs> well, so this is the thing. They do have like arguably the world's most powerful and I think he is the richest man in the world as Probably. their CEO. Yeah. He has a huge presence on Twitter. So, you know, it has a lot of influence there. I was reading the other day that a couple of years ago, he tweeted about one of their new cars. I think it's the Roadster. Yeah. 
And he talked about how it was going to have like some kind of certain engine that may or may not allow it to fly. Wow. Which, okay, obviously, like, I feel like he's joking, right? Mm. I mean, maybe not. He does also Probably look like SpaceX. Yeah. However, I think the genius in this is that the perception it creates about Tesla, like mm. the fact that they are so innovative that I now, in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe Tesla's making flying cars. Like, yeah. Maybe that is actually something they would do. And I also think it kind of ties into like with the no marketing, but still such a powerful brand is like their first mover advantage in the EV space. Yes. Like they are known as the EV company of the world. They're well, they're the trailblazer. Yeah. 100%. Everyone else is following in their way. And I think they have really put the pressure on. They're really setting the precedent to kind of drive this space. And they're making all the other really big companies sort of stand up and have to get involved. Yeah, 100%. I think there's been a huge shift as well, especially with perception with consumers at the moment. It's like, if you're not creating EVs, it's like, well, is that really a brand that I want to be buying from? Because you guys can't even like pick up the technology to do that. Yeah, so true. I was listening to a great podcast the other day, Tesla v Detroit, Business Wars. Have you listened? Oh yeah, Business Wars is one of my favorites. So they did a Tesla series and it talked about kind of the story of how it started, which there was a lot of new information in there for me. But one Mm. of the things that I really liked is how Elon talked about how the initial business plan was to make it like not many cars, high luxury, high end, not very accessible to everyday people, right? The cars were super expensive. To create this image of luxury and prestige and superiority. Mm. And then as time went on to really scale the brand and Mm. scale the cars, make them more accessible price points. And that's how they sort of created this image. And then now in this like scale phase where he's like, there's this quote and he's like, we are going to grow extremely fast. Oh my <laughs> God, if that's ever. the quote. We're going to grow extremely fast, folks. Buy the stock. Yep. Done. Investment thesis over. extreme pace, which I read and I was like, oh, that's so good Maddie, one. note for next time, if you're going to quote something, have the quote. But one thing I will say is that when they launched Model S in 2013, it made headlines because they received a near perfect score of 99 out of 100 on consumer reports, which made it the best car ever tested. Wow. So they've obviously gone very hard, very early on creating this image for themselves. And now I think they're probably reaping the benefits. Okay. So one, we've got a powerful brand that you think is going to stick. Yep. Two, I'm going to go into financials, which we don't always love, but (laughs) I think it's actually super compelling. Yeah. Last year in 2021 total, they made $5.5 billion. And in this quarter, they've made $3.3 billion. So over a whole year, they made 5.5. And in one quarter alone, they've made 3.3. So their sales are up dramatically. So their revenue is up 81%. And the reason why I find this really fascinating is because we're kind of going through a bit of an economic slump at the moment. And Mm -hmm. Tesla has been affected by that as well, because obviously there's things like inflation, there's a shortage of chips, um, you've got supply chain issues. But regardless of that, they're still producing more cars than they did last year and making more money. So it kind of makes you think about what are they doing right so that they can actually have these outstanding financials? Yeah. I find it fascinating that I think in it was 2018, they produced, they sold around a thousand cars. And then a few years later in 2021, I think they sold just under a million. Yeah. So like the pace that they are expanding Producing. is like 
hectic. And I think that actually does really associate with that powerful brand, right? You know, because the more it's like that networking effect, it's kind of like the Airbnb effect. Like, you know, Mm. once you hear about it, you see it in more cities and then it grows. And I think that's what's really happening at the moment. Another financial metric that I thought was, you know, really incredible was that their net cash flow from operating activities, so their day-to-day manufacturing of cars, is up 143%. And what that means is that their core activities are doing really well and they're generating a lot of cash from it and the reason why cash is really important at a time like this is that we are in an economic downturn and it also does provide them that extra opportunity to invest in new opportunities so they kind of hedge against that kind of downturn but it's also like where can they put their money next to keep expanding yeah we've been talking a lot recently about how companies having cash at a time like this is quite important when Mm. interest rates are rising if they have debt it's going to become more expensive for them to pay off So that's really interesting to hear that the cash that they're actually generating is increasing so rapidly. Yeah, and ARC kind of talk about this in their um, bull case for it. They talk about one of their assumptions being the amount of cash that they'll have to invest because people that are investing in the EV space do need a bit of cash. Like you can't do this without a bit of backing because you need to invest in new technology, you need to invest in plants. So kind of having that metric there is like, ooh, okay, what are they doing right? Nice. You mentioned new technology there, and I think that's a good space to go next because we sort of touched on it before, but I really think where Tesla comes through the most for me is how it is really setting the pace when it comes to new technology. One thing that I find really interesting with with Tesla's is this OTA system they have or over the air updates that they can provide. Mm. So with traditional cars, you know how there's like that old adage or that old saying that when you drive out of the dealership, it depreciates immediately. Like you're losing money. Yeah. But what I find really interesting with Teslas is that every time someone drives a Tesla, the company Tesla collects data on the drives and then they use that data to improve the cars and then they send you software updates. Yeah. So it's like the same with your iPhone or your computer when you get a software update. You can actually update your car for years and years after buying it. So the company has actually done over 120 OTA updates or over-the-air updates since 2017, which is an average of one every 16 days. Yeah, they update their software a lot. And I think another really cool thing about the technology there is, you know, Tesla has had cars on the road since like, I think it's something like 2008. Mm -hmm. And if you think about how a Tesla works, like they're pretty much tracking everything around them, the roads, the cars on the road, the people, how people drive. And one of their biggest advantages with their technology is they've been collecting this data since their first car being on the road. So when you think about the future of EVs, it's like who's going to be the first person that actually makes it an autonomous car where you don't have to drive? And Tesla has all of this data, which a lot of other EV car makers don't have in Mm. comparison because they just haven't had, you know, cars on the road collecting this data. I actually didn't think about how much data they would have from that. I know. It's like so insane. They have cameras on like every single part of the car. I know it's kind of freaky, but also kind of cool. The other thing which I will quickly mention is that the technology that Tesla's use, you know, the uh, manufacturing plants is just it supersedes that of any other EV maker. Like how they make the cars in their gigafactories or their big factories that they have in like Berlin and Why in are China. They gigafactories? I think it's a gigafactory. I could be screwing what that What does up. that mean? I don't know. Well, like why is anything called anything? Right. <laughs> but pretty much it like plates all the metal together in one go. Whereas it goes like, it's a big machine that's like, 
and like puts it all on. Whereas with traditional cars, they put like a sedan, for example, together in all these different pieces along a different supply chain. So it's really quick and they make them really quickly. So I think that's just in the case of like thinking about how many cars they can produce. It's like that kind of technology is really cool as well. that They can kind of like, I don't know, have these efficiencies within their manufacturing process. Nice. Well, before we do get onto the bear case for Tesla, so I have a random question for you. Sure. What would you say was your one single main source of information when researching for this episode? If you had to pick one. I know, Google. (laughs) Not a particular person in your life that happens to be very interested in this company. Sam. (laughs) Well, I thought it would be wrong of us to do an entire episode dedicated to Tesla without getting Sam's valuable opinion, because I know that he does have a lot to say on this topic. So this week, what have I asked. <laughs> Sam's face is freaking out right now. I'm so confused. This week, I asked Sam, friend of the show and partner of Sophie, and arguably Tesla's biggest fan, how he would summarize the bull case for Tesla Are you in joking? one minute or less. Okay, he didn't ready? tell me this. Yeah, okay, go. Daddy, well, firstly, thanks very much for having me on. It's an honor after listening from the sideline for a couple of years now, I think. So Tesla in 60 seconds or less, that's a tough one. I think uh, first and foremost, Elon Musk, I'm a big fan. He's proven over many years his ability to execute um, in different verticals, whether that's SpaceX, SolarCity, Tesla, PayPal in the early days, the list goes on. So big fan of him and, um, you know, he's, he's proven successful time and time again. I think Tesla specifically, their product suite, I don't know if you've ever been in a Tesla, but it's, you know, it's unbelievable step change um, in the automotive industry, in my opinion. I describe it similar to when I felt an iPhone um, for the first time, having used a Nokia. Up until that point, I think, you know, the, 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 the integration between the software and hardware is phenomenal. And I think, um, you know, moving forward in the automotive industry, that emphasis on software as well as hardware um, is going to become more and more important. I think what we'll see is a consolidation of automotive players, much like we saw with, you know, the Motorola, Nokia. Now it's really just Apple and Samsung. So I have to ask, based on that, how do you think we went doing the bull case? Oh my God, that's so funny. (laughs) Well, we kind of said different things. And to be honest, I only really asked him a little bit because he's just so biased. I kind of wanted like to do my own research. (laughs) If I get the bear case as well. No, does it surprise you that that was only one of three messages he said? (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. He should be a salesperson for Tesla. He's actually obsessed with it. But you know what? I gave him one minute or less and that's all he gets. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Wow, Maddie, that's hilarious. So we are going to get on to the bear case now, but not before we take a quick break for our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. We've had a pretty compelling bull case, and I feel like Sam really topped it off there. <laughs> Do you want a quick summary? Three points. What do we say? Bull so case. So we said powerful brand, visionary technology, and financials. Yes. And a beautiful summary by Sam saying that the market's going to consolidate and Tesla's going to win out, apparently. <laughs> no bias at all. We'll see. I wonder if he's bought any Tesla stock. I'm definitely going to ask him that. <laughs> But we have to give a bear case as well. And there's a lot of people that have, you know, very strong bear case views on Tesla, which are very warranted as well. So let's jump in. What's your first reason for the bear case? I think the first one for me, and I will keep it brief, but the fact that they were actually recently kicked out of the ESG index, I think this is quite a big red flag for me. And, you know, it's ironic, right? Because they are the leader in the EV space, which is doing amazing things for the environment, really transitioning the energy industry. Yeah. However, they were kicked out for a lack of low carbon strategy in their manufacturing plants. They were in breach or had problems with their codes of business conduct. They were ranked 22 on last year's toxic 100 air polluters index. Which is worse than ExxonMobil, like I think they're world's biggest oil and gas producer, which is pretty like wild and concerning. And they also have had reports of poor worker conditions as well as racism. So, you know, for me, this is something that I'm always keeping in mind, you know, sustainability, ESG when investing. Mm. So obviously Tesla does has have a lot to show for itself in this realm but they've also got some pretty big issues yeah what's interesting with that one I had a conversation with a friend about this the other day about the social issues at Tesla because we were talking about ESG and we were saying that you know if you have a company where people know that it's going to be hard to work there you're going to really struggle to retain or even ascertain talent Mm -hmm. and we had this discussion because I was like I totally agree with that. But also there's people like lining up around the corner to work at Tesla. Like it's such a funny balance. Like people know that it's going to be a shit work culture, but they still want to be there. Yeah. But then on the other side, actually a couple of days ago, the head of AI and autopilot actually resigned from Tesla. So this is the guy who is like in charge of autonomous driving. So it's like... Is it a company that's going to be able to keep people that are really going to propel it into the future? Or are these people going to go work for a Volkswagen because they've got better culture? Which is particularly concerning given, I guess, the entire bull case that ARC has presented here is premised on the success of their autonomous driving business. I think the second point then on the bear case linking back to the um, article is that, you know, ARC say in their bull case that they are going to sell 17 million cars by 2026. 2026 is not 
that long away. And a bit of, I guess, context, Tesla's current production is a million cars at one factory. So they've got like these big factories like the Berlin factory and the China factory, but that's only two factories. So that, you know, production capacity is 2 million cars. To sort of make 17 million cars by 2026, they're going to have to, you know, establish another 15 factories. And these things aren't cheap to build either. Yeah, I think that's a big point for me is like, I guess thinking about the current economic environment that we're in and the amount of capital expenditure that Tesla is going to have to put out in order to build these factories to meet those targets like that is a lot of money in an environment where you know debt is not going to be cheap or anywhere near as cheap as it has been for a very long time now yeah there's actually i looked it up so the giga factory in berlin cost four billion euro to create yeah, wow. so if you made another 15 factories that would be 60 billion dollars <laughs> which you have to lay out which is it's a lot of money within four years. Like that's almost, it kind of seems impossible, yeah. you know? Like, And I think this point around Tesla's ability to scale is quite an interesting one. So I think we can talk about it first in the context of electric vehicle space, but I am also keen to talk about it in the autonomous driving space too. Can you give a quick like definition of what you mean when you say scale? It's really talking about Tesla's ability to grow. So if they produced 1 million cars last year, how are they actually going to be able to produce you know, 16 million in a few years to come, especially in the context of competition that is heating up really rapidly in this space. So is that one of the bare arguments then, the competition? Absolutely. I actually sent this article to my brother, um, Lucky, because I love hearing his thoughts on this. And he... He's not really a Tesla fan, I don't think. Maybe we should have got him to do an audio. (laughs) We should have, damn. I'll just summarize what his points were. Okay. His main one is around Tesla's valuation, which compared to its competition is just out of this world. So Tesla has a market cap of $746.4 billion. So market cap is the number of shares times the share price. The next largest market cap is Toyota which is $217 billion. And in fact, Tesla's market cap is equal to the size of the next 10 largest car companies in the world combined. Yeah, and it's a funny one in terms of the valuation because when you do look at the financials, like they're making less, you know, they're yeah. making less money than your Toyotas, your Volkswagens. They're your, producing way less cars. Yeah, your General Motors. But for some reason, they're trading at such a higher multiple. And the reason why that kind of is seen as a bit of an issue is because if you're trading at too high of a multiple, it's like, well, what's wrong with this business? People are just valuing it based off what they think the future is going to be like rather than the fundamentals of what's happening right now. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Exactly. I listened to a really interesting... Um, Um, podcast on the FT News briefing this week and it was about the race for electric vehicle supremacy Mm. and the reason why they did this episode is because last week Chinese company BYD which is backed by Berkshire Hathaway or Warren Buffett Buffett, outsold Tesla by 80,000 vehicles so they are now leading the way in the global market for batteries and it's super interesting because the amount of money that Chinese companies are raising and spending in this space is completely overshadowing what anyone else is doing. And the other thing with that as well is that all the companies that are outside of China, you know, they have such a reliance on Chinese manufacturers, yes. suppliers, producers. So it's like they kind of can't really compete because they're not really making anything themselves. They're relying on China's, you know, supply chain. Yeah. The podcast made such an interesting point about this, like, this is going sidestepping a little bit, but this paradox of like, there is so much global pressure on China to do more on climate change. 
And then here they are leading the way by a country mile um, in an industry that's going to be so important for transitioning transport, which is a massive emitter of carbon. And yet everyone is like up in arms about how far ahead they're getting in this space. And I really think it just reflects this sort of changing environment that we've got at the moment with like companies in China that are linked or sponsored by the Chinese Communist Party. And it's Mm -hmm. like there is so much fear around watch these companies or the comp the power that these companies are accumulating and the reliance that we're going to have on them well especially as we've already spoken about something like a tesla collects a lot of data exactly so if your car is collecting a lot of data obviously it's something that consumers have top of mind when they're considering what you know vehicle that they're going to be using it and as my brother said there are a lot of people in china and he was like i'd back that over tesla (laughs) of course you would negative nancy (laughs) and now i know that this like art case kind of built up you know what it's going to be for the future what the valuation is going to be for the future but also kind of siloing into right now you know we're going to have a couple of years of probably a lot of difficulties in terms of economic environment supply chain so I think when looking at the bear case it's like I've kind of overlaid that being like you can't be that optimistic right now you've got to have a little bit of not not pessimistic but like cautiously optimistic if you are you know excited about a stock because it's like well there's going to be issues we just don't know how long they're going to last for especially because tesla has teslas are expensive and like yeah. a new car is a consumer discretionary item when people have to tighten their hip pocket they're not going out and splurging on a new tesla 100 percent. i think that something like the model three or the model y i'm going to stuff up which one it is i think the model three last in six months ago it was something like eighty thousand dollars which is a lot of money yeah. it's a huge amount of money for a car and now it's gone up to $92,000. And that's happening with lots of car companies. You know, prices are going up because of inflation. But that's a 12 grand jump in six months. That's yeah, a lot. That is a lot. So that's kind of the points around the EV space. But then you also mentioned autonomous driving. Is there competition in terms of people that are trying to create technology that will allow us to, you know, drive autonomously? <laughs> yeah, definitely. For lack of a better sentence. <laughs> so I'm going to just throw a few companies out there because I think it's interesting just to become familiar with the names of these companies. The first one is Waymo. They're a subsidiary of Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google. General Motors is in the space. I mean, they've been around for a long time in the car space. There's Beidou, which is the Chinese equivalent of Google. Um, There's Zooks, which is the autonomous vehicle company owned by Amazon. So what you're saying is that, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to work out this technology and it's almost like people know the name of Tesla, but we're kind of ignoring you know what else is happening in this space yeah there's also been like a number of horror stories about the and you know the industry has really been described as the wild west because there is so much pressure at the moment and so many players who really are just racing to be the first to market with this technology so quick summary then what are the bare factors that we have looked at with tesla so i think the first one has to be its esg case there's definitely some issues there and then the next one is how well is it going to actually be able to scale to compete with everyone else in the space and the third one is that their value is so high that it encompasses the next 10 largest car companies combined which would suggest that maybe it is a little bit overvalued oh god i wish i had a little crystal ball for these things so we could see (laughs) just to reference the highest price that arc did put in their paper was that Tesla, just to remind you, was going to hit 5,800 and the lowest case was that it would hit 2,800, which both of them are still a very far away from the $700 value that we're seeing today. I mean, Kathy Wood for many years has been very hot on Tesla, so it kind of makes sense. 
Mads, let's round out. Do you have a recommendation for me this week? Yes. One of my friends who is currently living over in the US sent me an article. I'm going to recommend an article. I feel like I normally do podcasts. Very unlike you. It's from The Atlantic and it's called The End of the Millennial Lifestyle Subsidy. It was Mm. super interesting. I want to read you a really quick snippet. It's about the rise of unprofitable tech companies on the back of the low interest rate environment. And it says there are a few US references in here, so bear with me, but It says it was as if Silicon Valley had made a secret pact to subsidize the lifestyles of urban millennials. Three years ago, if you woke up, worked out with a Peloton, Ubered to WeWork, ordered a DoorDash for lunch, took a lift home, ordered dinner through Postmates, don't know what that is, only to realize no, only to realize that your partner had already started a blue apron meal. Your household in one day interacted with eight unprofitable companies that collectively lost about fifteen billion dollars in one year. Wow. She says, I call this arrangement the millennial consumer subsidy and now the subsidy is ending. Rising interest rates has turned off the tap for money losing traps, which is forcing these companies to make their services more expensive, which I don't know about you, but my Ubers recently have been ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. I totally agree. But I also understand it. It's like we've been living in this low interest rate environment. Everything's been cheap. Like we're all going to feel it. And all of these companies that we have become so reliant upon in our everyday lives. Yes. Very super interesting so i will put that in our it's kind of like a lifestyle lifestyle change like even now when i go to order uber eats i'm like oh like i don't think i can do this i think i'm gonna have to go and walk down the street and get it (laughs) sorry but there's like service charge like tip like there's all these things now that i'm like how what no (laughs) it adds up that's for sure what are you recommending this week i'm actually recommending um a youtube video whilst researching this episode i was watching a bit of youtube with elon musk terrible dancer but there is a great video um which is a drone footage through their new berlin factory and it goes around the whole factory it shows how the cars are made it's pretty quick got some intense music it was really cool i just want people to watch it this is sam rubbing off on you yeah yeah he yeah look he showed me the video (laughs) and we watched it like three times oh my gosh i can so imagine i don't know i'll link we'll link it in the episode notes so you can just watch on your commute to work or wherever you're listening at the moment I want to put a poll on our Instagram to determine whether this video is actually interesting or not. It's so not interesting, but it's just like cool. Like it's just like one of the, I think it, you know what it is? Someone like Sam who loves Tesla, it's like the thing that catches you in. That's like, yeah, this technology is cool. Like, you know, it's like a, it's, it's, you said that they don't have marketing. This kind of stuff is their marketing, you know, just random YouTube videos. (laughs) Well, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. We are definitely putting a thread in our Facebook group to discuss all things Tesla. So, so controversial. Make sure you jump in YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. Also, jump on our Instagram at YIGC Podcast. Maybe we'll chuck a couple of polls up there just to understand how you're feeling. We did actually do a poll about whether you wanted this episode, and it was 51% yes. And oh. 49%, I'm sick of hearing about it. <laughs> oh, apologies then. I must have missed that one. (laughs) We're doing it because the 51% spoke out. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, we would really appreciate if you sent it to a friend because it really does make all the difference. You'll hear from us next week. Catch you then. Bye. You're in good company is a product of Equity Mates Media. 
All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, EquityMates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.